you so much. So glad you're here. I'm going to speak for about 20 minutes. I don't want you to go to sleep on me or anything like that. So would you stand? It's been a while. We've been sitting for a minute. Would you stand? Would you tell three people around you, Merry Christmas and so glad that they're here tonight. All right. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. All right, you can be seated. You can be seated. Thank you. So good to be here tonight. It's been a great night, and we have more in store. And some people do not need an invitation to come across the stage. So, Buddy the Elf, if you didn't get a chance to see him afterwards in our children's lobby, it's been turned into Gimbel's uh, children's store. So you can go over there with your kids. And not only is Buddy there, but Santa Claus is there as well too. So families, even if you're big kids, even if you are older in your 80s or 90s, but if you're a big kid, feel free to go over there, have some popcorn, some hot chocolate after the service and see Buddy the Elf and Santa. So good to be here tonight and want to welcome those joining us on online as well. I, I wanted to talk about tonight, um, you know, I have a little tradition. Um, I love, by the way, I'm not a traditionalist, but I do like the traditions of Christmas. I love the songs. I love the sights. I love the sounds. I love the smells. I love the food. I mean, I love all the things that come with Christmas. But other than that, I'm not really too much of a traditionalist. I like to do new things, but I kind of have a tradition uh, throughout the year, and it's on Saturdays. You'll find me here, right where I'm standing, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, or Saturday night, kind of going over the message, kind of getting myself um, one last tune-up, if you will. And I don't think I'm the only one. I know quite a few pastors that do that, um, like a place all alone, and just... Uh, uh, kind of before the crowds uh, come the next day. And there's a pastor back east that um, this was his practice. And on Saturday nights, he would go to the church. And his church is called, uh, is called Almighty God Tabernacle. And uh, he, would, uh, he was preparing for his message on a Saturday night. I've done this before. You get, kind of go a little bit long, stay a little bit late. And so you call your wife, I call Heather. He called his wife and said, hey, I, he just wanted to let her know that he's running a little bit late. But he picked up the phone. It was rang and it rang and it rang. And this was before uh, cell phones. Uh, it was back in the answer machine days. And so, you know, kids, you can ask your parents about this really cool thing we had back a long time ago called an answer machine. And he was trying to get a hold of her. It just rang and rang, um, but it didn't even go to the answer machine. It just rang, and so he hung up, and he tried again. And immediately, she picked up. And so he was like, hey, I just tried to call you. And she goes, there was no call, nothing. They, they just brushed it off. They didn't think anything of it. And he preached the next day. And that Monday morning when he got to the office, there was a message for him to call this, uh, this number that there was, a, there was someone that wanted to talk with him that he had tried to call them Saturday night. And he thought, oh, this is a, you know, clean this, clear this up really quick. It was a mistake. So he called the, the, the person. It was a gentleman on the other end of the line. And this guy was like, you know, hey, you called me Saturday night. He said, I'm so sorry. I just meant to call my wife. I must have missed it by a digit or something. So my apologies. He says, I don't think it was an accident. 
He said, actually, Saturday night, I was at my lowest point, point in my life. I was so depressed, discouraged. Uh, I, I was lost. I, I didn't know what to do. In fact, I didn't really believe. Uh, I wondered if there was a God at all. And so I actually said this. I was like, if you are real God, if you're there, would you give me a, sh- a sign? Would you show me a sign? And he said, immediately when I said that, the phone, uh, the, the phone rang and I looked down at the machine and it said, Almighty God. It was too short to say Almighty God Tabernacle. So it just said Almighty God. And he said, and I was afraid to answer it. <laughs> So uh, they kind of cleared that up and Monday morning they talked. I believe this. I believe God is constantly giving us signs, constantly trying to get our attention. If we're paying attention, God is trying in so many ways to get your attention, my attention, to try to get our attention. He does it over and over. In fact, that's that's the reason for Christmas. Christmas was a sign. Christmas was a sign to us to show us and to express to us that God showed up, that God is Emmanuel, that he is God with us, that he took on our human Human flesh and human form and that he came to dwell among us it was a sign to us that God came to get close to us that God loves us and it comes sometimes in such unexpected ways like tonight is the story was read to us I want to focus on verse 12 just for a moment that said this will be a sign to you you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger All throughout the Christmas stories found in Luke and found in Matthew, there is stories of God trying to give a sign to his people, trying to give a sign to us. He showed up uh, to to the wise men in Matthew. He showed up to them by showing a star that was in the east that drew them to where Jesus was. There was Elizabeth and Mary with unexpected pregnancies. Elizabeth, because she was too old and past childbearing age, would give birth to John the Baptist and Mary, the mother of Jesus, because she was a virgin and had never known a man. And yet God shows up in unexpected ways, unexpected times in our lives. We, we know he showed up as we saw in the video. He showed up to Joseph in a dream. There's so many ways that God tries to get our attention and wants to get our attention. And he does it in unexpected ways and unexpected times. Like showing up to Nazareth and showing up to Bethlehem and not to Rome like was, was saying about. It would be like Jesus instead of showing up to New York City where someone of pomp and circumstance and a king should show up where the crowds are. No, he didn't show up in a place like New York City. He didn't show up in a place like Hutchinson, Kansas. He showed up in a place like Nickerson because he wanted to express that he has come from everyone. He came to the lowly shepherds. He didn't show himself to the kings in the palace. He, He wasn't born in a palace. He was born in a stable. He was born in a manger. God shows up in unexpected ways at unexpected times trying to get our attention. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night. There's some, there's some things we can learn from the story of the shepherds and how God showed up to them. They, 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 first of all, they were keeping watch. They were just doing their job. They were keeping watch of their sheep at night. 
And it allowed that they put themselves in the right position by staying awake. They, they, they weren't asleep. They weren't asleep on the job. They were staying awake. And that put themselves in a position to hear the angel's voice. We need to put ourselves in the right position so we can hear God speak to us. Back when I was a sophomore in college, uh, my spring semester of my sophomore year, I got the, what they call the kissing disease. I don't know if you're familiar with the kissing disease. Anybody have that? Know what I'm talking about? You had, Jackie, you started to raise your hand. She's like, nope, I didn't do that. Um, well, I, I, I didn't even get lucky enough to get it because I kissed anybody. I didn't have a girlfriend at the time, nothing. So I just got unlucky and I was one of the unluckiest. It just hits you in different ways. It put me in the hospital for seven days. I lost 25 pounds that I didn't have to lose at the time. And, and right before I was put in the hospital, my mom and dad were concerned, my air ways were kind of closing off um, and so they, they said hey we're going to take him in the morning but tonight we're going to set up watches in the night and they took two hour shifts my mom my dad my sister and my brother-in-law years later my brother-in-law confessed that he fell asleep on his watch we have to be ready we have to be watching God wants to give us a sign he wants us to be paying attention so that when the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them, the angel appeared. Now, we can get kind of excited at the thought of an angel. We get excited or terrified or whatever. An angel showed up on our doorstep. But an angel, as glamorous as that sound, really has one job. They're there to give a message. They're a messenger of God. And they're, they're there to, to deliver praise, proclamation, or protection. Uh, you know, in this story, they praise God, singing glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. Uh, there was protection where he told the wise men to go a different direction so that they, the baby wouldn't be, wouldn't be hurt. And he told Joseph through an angel in a dream to go a different direction so that the child would not be hurt. So there's that proclamation, there's that protection, and there's that praise. That's, the, that's the, what the angel's existence is for. Now, we don't have necessarily angels in our life, and um, maybe you do, and maybe you've experienced that. I have yet to have an angel show up on my doorstep or show up, and to my knowledge, I have not seen an angel, um, and probably I would be terrified if I did, just like the wise men were. But the reality is, we all have angels in our life because we have people that have delivered and are delivering a message. I said this in the first service, I have not seen an angel other than my wife because I wanna get some brownie points when we go home tonight and I'm hoping the Christmas tree will be a little bit bigger. An angel's there to deliver a message and we have angels in our lives. It might be your uh, grandma, it might be a grandfather, it might be a mom or it might be a dad, it might even be a son or a daughter that helps us find Jesus because a daughter or son gave their heart and life to Christ. We have angels in our life that are sharing the good news. And while though I am definitely not an angel speaking up here tonight, I am here to deliver the good news and this wonderful story. And it says, that, and, and they were terrified. Now there's different reasons that we're terrified. These angels were, I mean, these shepherds were terrified because they saw something they'd never seen before. Uh, I think of new parents. There's a lot of new babies that I saw in the first uh, Christmas Eve service. I've seen some in the second, some first time parents. And what an incredible joy and blessing to bring that child home. What an amazing, awesome moment that is. But what a terrifying moment is it is at the same time. Remember, 
When you had that child and you took that child home from the hospital and you realized you were responsible. You were the one that was, that was in charge of their welfare. That can be a terrifying experience. We also have different reasons that we're terrified and when we get that phone call, when we have that knock on the door, when we get that bad news, when someone says they're leaving us. So when it, I mean, maybe you've gone, you've had some terrifying news this year. Maybe you, you had divorce hit your household this year. Maybe you had a diagnosis touch your family. Maybe even death knocked at your door. And this Christmas, you find yourself with an empty chair around the Christmas tree at the table. Those are terrifying things that happen to all of us. It, all those th three things hit our family this year. A divorce hit our family this year. Uh, a second diagnosis of cancer returning hit our, our family this year. Death hit not our family, but a very close uh, in the way of my oldest daughter, Reagan, her friend Martin on July 4th of this year, just 23 years young, lost a battle to kidney failure and it was such terrifying news to receive that phone call and what do we do when we have those moments well thankfully this doesn't end at verse 9 but verse 10 the angel said to them do not be afraid and I don't know what you come in here with tonight I don't know what news you have maybe it's great news maybe you've had some difficult news some setbacks some some hurts some some things that have just rocked your world God gives us in this great message that doesn't stop at verse nine. He says, do not be afraid. In the midst of whatever you're in, in the midst of whatever you're going through, don't be afraid. 365 times in the Bible, we're told not to be afraid. Do you think God's trying to give us a sign that no matter what we go through, no matter what we face, that he promises to never leave us nor forsake us, that he always promises his presence, which is the good news, that is great joy for all the people. My, my daughter's friend, Martin, uh, he had this incredible joy. The last two or three years, he's been waiting for a kidney transplant that never came. And, and, and you would have never known to meet him. In fact, his own roommates, his best friends, up until the day that he died, they had no idea just how sick he was. Because you see, Martin had this incredible joy. He had this incredible zest for life because Martin had received the good news. You see, Martin had a savior and he didn't miss the sign that, that, brought, that, that brought this uh, to him. And I think I got way ahead here. I've just been flipping through here, haven't I? Do not be afraid. I bring you great news that will be for great joy. Martin had a savior today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. Martin had a savior. We're not promised an easy life. This life is, comes with its brokenness. But we are promised his presence if we'll receive it. If we'll accept God in his presence, he promises to show up. And if you call on him today, he'll be here. He'll show up today. Sometimes we, we pray for things that don't happen and then all of a sudden God shows up at an unexpected time in an unexpected way. Maybe it's something we've been praying for for a while, but then God shows up at just the right time. A few years ago, um, my youngest, Riley, had, uh, was her sophomore year. She'd just been a few weeks into college um, up near Chicago and she got covid 
And uh, most kids her age, you know, you get COVID, you're over it pretty quick. But uh, it, the news just kept getting worse. And about day six of quarantine in a little apartment by herself, uh, not being able to talk very well and it's telling that she was struggling breathing. Every day kind of got worse. And about day seven, I remember it was a Tuesday, I called Heather at work and I said, uh, I just talked to her. It's, things aren't, don't sound good. They don't sound great. I, I think we need to go. One of us needs to go see her and bring her home. And so we made the decision that I would book a flight. It didn't matter the cost. It didn't matter what that plane ticket was gonna be. We, I was gonna go and we were gonna bring, bring her home. And I remember just a few miles away from the Wichita airport getting a call from Riley and saying, I know it's not possible and I know it's not feasible, but I just wish I could be home. And to be able to deliver the news, I remember not being able to hardly get the words out of my mouth. But to tell her, home's coming to you. That I'm on my way. That help is on the way. That's what Jesus did for us. He was not willing to spare any expense that he might not even spare his one and only son, Jesus, to come all the way, leaving his throne in heaven, to come to our, our existence on earth so that he could save us, so that he could show us his love, so that we could experience his salvation. Don't miss the sign. Don't miss the sign that God sent his son to bring us home, that he was willing to move heaven and earth and shake the very depths of hell so that we could experience his love, his salvation, his his joy and his peace that is the story of Christmas is that God came near to us he draw he drew near to us and that he would do anything for us don't miss the sign this will be a sign to you that you will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger God came in unexpected ways and unexpected times he came to a little Bethlehem. He came to, he came to a, a place of not, uh, where he was immune to our humanity, but he took on our humanity and made, he made himself vulnerable. He made us, he made himself like us. He's felt everything that we've felt. He's experienced everything that we can imagine. He's experienced death. He's experienced betrayal. He's experienced loss. He's experienced every pain that we, that we have felt. He came to be close to us. He came to be among us. Instead of being born in a palace, he was born in a manger. This is a sign. Don't miss the sign. Suddenly, though, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God. Suddenly, when we least expect it, God shows up. Suddenly, when we're looking for an answer, God shows up right when we need it. Sometimes it feels like he's not there. Sometimes it feels like he doesn't care. For the people in Jesus' day, it had been 400 years of darkness. God had seemingly been silent for 400 years, but just at the right time, Jesus showed up, born of a virgin, to be our Savior, to be our Lord, to, to change, to bring light into the darkness. Suddenly it happened at the most unexpected time in the unexpected ways. In a manger, in a little town of Bethlehem, Christ came to be near us. The point of Christmas is this, Jesus came to get our attention. Question is, does he have our attention? Does he have your attention tonight? 
You may have thought, I'm just showing up for a tradition, and I love the tradition that we celebrate at Christmas. I love what we're going to do in just a few moments of singing the silent night together and lighting the candles. But don't miss the sign. Don't get caught up in the tradition and the presence that you miss the, the, the good news. To miss the good news that Jesus loves you, that Jesus died for you. There's tends to be some things that keeps us from hearing that message and seeing that sign. Uh, there's a lot of things, but really I think there's three things. One is apathy. There's just, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I don't think about it. It's just, it doesn't occur to me. It's not on my mind. I'm not thinking. I'm not looking for a sign. I'm just living my life. I'm just doing my thing. I'm just, I'm just good. I'm okay. And we're just kind of, we get apathetic about God. We can get apathetic, apathetic about Jesus. I think another hesitation is belief. It's faith. Some of us have a trouble believing that, that the, what's said in this Bible is, is true. That this story is nothing more than a fable. That it's something just to make us feel good. So there's faith belief that has to happen then I think there's a third thing that keeps people from coming to God and I think it's regret I think it's our past and sometimes we just come to a place and say you know it's good for them but it's probably not good for me because there's just things in my life why would God love someone like me our friend Denton Brown my dad pastored in Greeley, Colorado for nine years. And growing up as a child, I knew Denton when he unexpectedly showed up at our church on a Sunday night. I didn't know his full story till later. But it had been years, 30 plus years, since he had set his feet in a church. In a service much like this, his sister had invited him to come to church. And he went just because she was begging him to go. Maybe some of you are here tonight. You're here because you've been begged to come. At the end of that service, there was an invitation to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And you'll be given that opportunity tonight before we leave. Nothing to be scared about. It was just a simple invitation. But the moment that invitation was given, Denton got out of his seat. He walked out into the parking lot and was getting ready to get in his car and go home. His sister chased after him, went into the parking lot, said, Denton, come on, come back in. Why, why not? Denton said, I've hurt too many people. I've hurt too many people I love. I've done too many things I'm ashamed of. I don't see any reason why God would have me back. And Denton's sister said, said to him, Denton, you know that that's not true. You know that's not God. And he knew. Because you see, 30 years prior to that, he was standing in a place similar to where I'm standing. He was a pastor of a local church he, he made a decision and left his wife went off with his secretary they went off and lived a different life and they they he taught school he'd had a noble profession and taught band and and taught vocals and years years later he just he just thought I can't be in the church God wouldn't have me back and his sister said Denton not only will God have you back he wants you back all you have to do is receive it all you have to do is accept it. Why not tonight? Denton, why not come home tonight? Why not receive God's love tonight? And you know what? Denton went back in. 
He gave his heart and life to Jesus Christ that night and I only knew the new Denton Brown. I didn't know the old Denton Brown. I didn't hear that story till later and I was older and I was more able to understand. But I'm thankful that we have a God who, who gives us second chances, who gives us third chances. I'm glad that Denton came to understand this, that Jesus didn't come so we could have Christmas. He came so that we could have Easter. That's why Jesus came. He came so he could give us a fresh start, give you a new beginning, a, 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 new, a new beginning, a new start, and to forgive us of our sins. That's the story of Christmas. Don't miss the sign that Jesus sent his only son to die on a cross for us so that we might have the resurrection, that we might have new life, that we might have forgiveness, that we might receive his joy, we might receive his peace. That is the sign and that is the message of Christmas. Would you stand with me tonight? We're getting ready to take, take part in one of my favorite, maybe my favorite Christmas tradition when we sing Silent Nights. And actually, I forgot to tell you before you stood up, below your seats is a candle. So you're gonna have to reach a little farther than if I would have got this first. But if you can reach underneath, maybe grab the one for your wife next door, be a gentleman even. And uh, if you'll grab those, we're gonna sing Silent Night in a moment. But before we do, it's wonderful to sing Silent Night. But you know what I love about the song? I love the words silent night, holy night. Because God took a silent night, a dark night, and he brought light into the world. And he took what was ordinary and he made it holy because his presence showed up. And tonight can be a holy night for you if you just receive God's love through accepting Jesus Christ as your savior. We're gonna pray a prayer before we sing this song. It's a prayer that we pray most weeks. It's a prayer of confession. It's a prayer of faith. It's a prayer of declaration. We all pray it together as a declaration of our faith. But for some of you tonight, this may be your first time. The scripture says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. You will have a savior. You'll be forgiven of your sins and you will be a child of God. That's the message of Christmas. Don't miss the sign. Don't miss tonight going away with a relationship with God that you were meant to have and the joy and peace that he wants you to leave here with tonight. So we're gonna pray this prayer uh, together. And I pray that this for someone, maybe like Denton, you're coming back, or maybe it's someone for the first time, but let's all just pray this prayer together as a declaration of our faith. Lord, I believe that Jesus Christ is the savior of the world, that he gave his life to forgive my sins, and was raised from the grave to give us, to give me life. I receive your grace by faith. Come into my life. I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.